Welcome to episode 43 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 43, get ready to cruise with headline news. We'll go one-on-one and best of with broadcaster, speaker, and best-selling author, Teresa Cruz. Father-son free-for-all will wow you with Wonder Women. We'll go on a gold medal sweep of female sports heroes. And we'll head for home on episode 43 with our special segments, All Pro Go, a Did You Know Sports Spotlight, and Champs and Chums personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 43 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy March, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's episode 43. It's Anthony and Ashton on the airwaves. And uh, it's now my time to bring in my great co-host, Ashton. Ashton, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great, and I can't wait to get episode 43 started. Spring is in the air here this month. Your Champs and Chums are on the air for our next episode. So glad that you're with us here on Champs and Chums. Father-son fun talk about sports, life, and friendship. And Ashton, uh, wow, it's uh, it's getting kind of nice out there. You yeah. know, uh, here this month, um, spring has officially uh, ushered in. Yeah, weather's getting warmer. Weather's getting a bit warmer. The days are getting longer and... Um, well, let's fess up here, Ashton. Uh, it's nothing about fessing up. We're actually proud to say this. At the time of this recording, everybody, it is opening day. Play ball. Ashton, early fist bumps on the show for that. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, what does it feel like with baseball? We're now, we're now into baseball season. Yeah, it's uh, great. I'm going to see my uh, favorite team, the Blue Jays, uh, play April 11th. We're going to the home opener. That's and, right. And uh, that's going to be so much fun. You and me have never gone to a home o- opener have, before ever in our lives. You're right. Your champs and chums will be there with 50,000 plus strong at the Rogers Center on opening night. They're on the road right now, but they're coming home, everybody. Your boys in blue. Your champs and chums will be there. Looking forward to sharing some great content about that. And uh, you're right, Ashton. I have never, ever been to an opening, a home opener with the Jays. So I'll be experiencing this with you for the very first time, as you will as well, too. And uh, yeah, so glad to have you with us here on episode 43. And um, it has been a magnificent march with many, many memories that we've uh, we've had Ashton I mean obviously um it was March break and I know you've done a, a lot of fun things um why don't you highlight uh, a few of the things I know you had a long list of wonderful things you did during all of uh, the entire week but uh what were some of the some of the things you wanted to cover here on uh, our opening uh, segment well you know um we went back to visit old friend his name is Stanley 
Uh, we oh, went to the Hockey right. Hall of Fame. Well, that's a great way to introduce it. Now, this actually, Stanley has become quite a chum of yours. Uh, uh, how many times have you and Stanley uh, have had a chance to uh, to brush shoulders, uh, to, to, to have chats with each other? This was my fourth time going there, so we have became pretty close close friends you become great chums and you know what ash the hockey hall of fame fans if you haven't had a chance to check it out please do it never gets old i mean ashton so this is your fourth time that you went uh uh during march break week um share with the fans what was like what was some of the new things you kind of discovered and why the fans should be uh heading down to uh bce place there and, and checking it out here in downtown toronto well um you know, they had a new Zamboni exhibit. Oh, that's right. It was actually from the old Boston Garden. The old Boston Garden, the, one of the original Zambonis. That's right. Yep. And, um, you know, they've really renovated it uh, since the last time we went there. They've changed the way it looks. I mean, there was, uh, you know, how you get through, you have to go through those things. Um well, you might remember this, Dad, because you were there at Maple Leaf Gardens where you had to, like, go through a thing to get in, and we saw oh, it the there. Oh, the, 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 the legendary turnstiles yes. of Maple Leaf Gardens as you would walk through. Uh, I used, they used to call it, Ashton, uh, many things. They used to call it the Carlton Street Cash Box. And so, yes, you would go through the, the, the turnstiles They'll take the other stub, they'll take the other end of the stub of your ticket, the ushers and usherettes at the time. Yeah, it was a, it was a memorable place. So yes, that's right. The, 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 it has some of that uh, uh, in the hall that's showcased. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, as you said, the Hockey Hall of Fame, it never gets old. Well, and yeah, and yeah. You, 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 your, your shot just keeps getting better and better there. Yeah, I mean. You know, I've seen so many different things. I mean, my shot became a four out of eight last time. I probably only got like a one out of eight, but now I got four out of eight. That's better. That's better than Big on, Poppy, uh, man. On uh, Anderson. On Freddie Anderson. That's right. Who uh, he, now with the Canes? He's now with the Canes. Uh, shout out to uh, Freddie Anderson. Uh, uh, yeah, it's so many things. Uh, whether it be exhibits, whether it be interactive zones. I'm thinking, Ashton, you, you, you know, your hosts are behind the ma microphone powering up episode 43. We were also actually in a hockey booth, in a broadcast booth, uh, making some calls on some pretty magnificent hockey moments. Yeah, um, it's the uh, TSN booth where you can actually go up to play NHL 20. And uh, you, you uh, can also broadcast some you know, memorable moments from uh, hockey history. And, um, you know, the Hockey Hall of Fame, as you said, never gets old. There's always something new there. Well, and so Ashton and I have been to that movie that they show in that, that that's uh, 3D. Stanley's Game 7. Stanley's Game 7. Uh, a feature, feature appearance by one Phil Pritchard. The Keeper of the Cup. The Keeper of the Cup. Uh, uh, you know, we, we have to try to get uh, uh, Mr. Pritchard on the show. I, I, I connected with him way back when I was at the lease, but uh, uh, I digress. Um, I wanted to say that that 3D is, is so, um, it's so real. 
it's so thrilling that every time I go back to the hall, it feels like I, I when I when I come back and I look at my face in the mirror, like I've got a bruise on my cheek because the puck hit me so hard. I know it's so scary. <laughs> it just comes at you like yeah, boom. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, check it out if you if you haven't. There's so much to do for kids and kids of all ages. That's the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, Ashton, um, you actually tried your hand at some golf as well too. Uh, yep. Um, putting edge. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of not official golf, right? Yeah, it's uh, mini golf. It's mini golf, and you know, while you may not have had a had a, a long hand to try to work on your stroke, uh, I know that there was a games area there. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of fun, and um, of course, uh, well, I guess it's that time in in the um, in the uh in the program where we have to actually lament a little bit. We have to, uh, you know, it's a, we're a little despondent. We're a little bit, uh, sad, sorrow, uh, sorryful, because one of the things we did is checked out, uh, one of the games of the Raptors 905. Now for the, to catch all the fans up Ashton on what's happened with the Raptors 905, why, why don't you share with them, um, that thrilling game and then what's happened to them since? Well, um, it was so that Saturday. It was an amazing game. Raptors were up huge, and I don't know what happened. Maybe it was um, that a halftime break or something. But uh, they they lost their lead and they lost by one point, just one point. And you know that that kind of said that kind of put the Raptors saying, "Okay, now we have to like win the." win all the f- next games and hope for teams to lose basically so for teams to help them basically and that didn't happen yeah right didn't happen. Uh, unfortunately you know sometimes when you have destiny in your hands you have to finish the, the the file you have to complete the file and they didn't do that but uh you know uh great season all in all to have great entertainment great value uh shout out to all our friends our our, our chums at the at the raptors 905 um from season ticket holders to the great staff to your chum uh your your chum actually i think this is one of your greatest chums is stripe yep that was an amazing experience on the saturday well why don't you tell the fans what happened with stripe yeah, so uh, the Saturday when when they uh, when Hawkins came up big and uh, took the lead for us, uh, me and the Raptors started jumping up and down, and uh, we were so happy. And you know, it's it's just sad to you know see that one three could like one three from the other team could just you know put your I guess you could say your playoff dreams and out. Uh, almost at a nail in the coffin. Well, but let's dial back to that that moment. I mean, the the Raptors didn't win the championship, but you and Stripe definitely exhibited your chumship with that warm embrace. You were jumping around, you were hugging each other because it was such an exciting game. And uh, yeah, I mean, um, well, let let's we were talking to a, a season seat holder as well too, and. We want to let you in on something, fans. We actually think for a stretch for about two weeks, we didn't see the real certifiable stripe. Mm-hmm. Ashton, we promised 
our, our seasoned seat holder chum that we sit next to, we said that we would talk about this on the air. Can you confirm or deny that this was the case? Yeah, well, I believe uh, for at least two weeks. Mm, you know, I don't think it, it was the real stripes because that stripes he wasn't in the dancing mood at all. You he know, couldn't stripes move. stripes is like always dancing. He's so energetic. Well, I mean, the real stripe could boogie like a basketball. He can bounce like a basketball, and he he can jump like a like a seven foot center, and that we know for at least a two week stretch, fans, that the that that we we weren't being entertained by the 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 certifiable the OG stripe. But maybe, anyhow, maybe that's what we needed. Yeah, we we should we 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 should have. But anyways, the season's over for Raptors nine oh five. But we we're looking forward to the fall the start and the tip off of a new season. I, I think they got a lot of promise. Raptors are all about growth and development. We we saw some great players who are up with the Raps now, Ashton, like Coloco, um, Ron Harper Jr. had an amazing finish. He he tried to to drag the, the entire team in kicking and screaming into the playoffs the way he played down the stretch. Um, of course, guys like Jeff Doughton Jr., uh, who who was uh, playing so well for them as well too? He's up with the Raptors now. So uh, if you ha- if you're thinking of checking out some real full value, amazing pro basketball, make sure you check out Raptors 905 coming up in the fall. So Ashton, uh, we we tried a lot of new things in the month of March as well too. Um, we actually had a sandwich, a very a world famous sandwich. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell the fans a little bit about that adventure? Well, um, we went to Scarborough Town Center and we tried Chick-fil-A. Um, the world-famous Chick-fil-A? Yep. So, Ashton, on, on a scale of 1 to 10 or, or, or maybe a, a, B, or C, how would you grade the world-famous Chick-fil-A that the, the, the fans want to know? Okay, so like out of 10, I would rate it a 5 because it's really average, it's really mid, and... Um, if if letter grade to like C, I wouldn't put it in a B because I don't know. It made my stomach upset. It wasn't that good. Yeah, it, you know, it, it left a lot to be desired for me too. I would say. Um, I, I I think because you know maybe it's it's more of a U.S. brand. That's why it's probably better in the U.S. than Canada, probably. Cause Perhaps it's more U.S. brand. So anyways, maybe. we could always say that we tried the world famous Chick Fil A. And um, speaking of you, tr- you called it Chickafil. Oh, Chickafil. Yeah, I yeah. I just you know sometimes everybody I, I I can't sort left to right, but I try to go down the middle, just like any good pitcher, and it doesn't work out. But um, anyhow. Uh, yeah, and then, um, but speaking of trying new things, everybody, Ashton, you know, father-son fun talk about sports life and friendship, as you know, with every episode, every month, as the days go on and on, we have our fun little adventures where we learn from each other. And we thought, actually, we'd bring a little fun exercise right to the airwaves because I had an opportunity. Ashton's getting excited here, everybody. If, if this was video, you could see it. Um, I had an opportunity through my great co-host here, my forever chum, to try something new. Called Prime. It's it's prime time, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Ashton, uh, take it away. Uh, describe for the listeners, uh, we're going to be doing a taste test live on the air here for episode 43. And uh, I want you to crack. Well, first of all, let them know what we're going to try. Um, 
and describe what what is Prime, why you like it, and what we're going to do here live on the air in episode 43. All right, so we're going to do a taste test for Prime. We're going to rank it at a 10 and describe what it tastes like. So we have lemon lime. Lemon lime. Ice pop. Ice pop. That one sounds, It's. It, I believe it's one of the more popular yeah. ones. Yeah. I don't really like it, but ice we, pop. we've tried it before. Okay. Uh, tropical punch and blue raspberry. Tropical punch. This is not Kool-Aid, everybody. Now, listen, Ashton. You know, um, we are digitally inclined. Your 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 humble co-host. We try our best. We we, we try to sh- uh, strive for things. And uh, but the, tell tell them tell the, the 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 fans and the listeners a little bit about the lore and legend of Prime. How so, did it come to be? Why is it so popular with all all the cool kids? So um, uh, KSI and Logan Paul they used to be, you know, rivals because they boxed against each other. But then. You know, one day they just made a drink and uh, it became a huge hit all around the world, especially uh, the UK and the US. People were uh, running in stores really, really early. They were sleeping outside just to get just to get prime. So, you know, it we're, we're lucky to have some. All right, listeners, it's it's prime time here in episode 43. Ashton's going to crack open one of the which which one do you get uh, first here, Ashton? So, Dad, you're going to try the lemon lime okay. and the ice pot first. Okay, so Dad... Uh, and I'm going to do the tropical I'm gonna, punch I'm going to let you hear the, the, the crack around the microphone. Oh, look, hear that, everybody? Oh, boy. That is the lime. That's the lemon lime. I'm just going to pour it into this uh, into this cup here very safely here on episode 43. Yes. So, Ashton, as, as we're doing this for the listeners, I want to hear what you have to say about why this is so good generally. Like, they, they call it a nutrition drink. Why is it so good? Well, you know what it is, because um, I can read the calories on the back here once I'm done closing this. So, you know, Prime, it is 10% coconut water, has um, lots of vitamins, and it's um, naturally flavored. It only has 20 calories. And no okay, so Ashton's got the uh, blue raspberry. No, I got the tropical punch here. Oh, sorry, tropical punch in hand there. Uh, cheers, cheers to champs, cheers to chums, cheers to an all-star. My drink. dad's got the lemon and lime, and I got so the lemon lime. Let's go. try this, out, everybody. Wow. So Dad over here on the left of the broadcast booth is trying lemon lime of Prime, the inspiration of uh, Logan Paul and KSI's Ashton mentioned. Um, Ashton, will you kick it away? What's your rating on the blue raspberry? Tropical gonna... punch. It's what? Tropical punch. Oh, sorry. Tro- I'm looking over at the, at the, at your side of the broadcast station here. So tropical punch, what's so, your rating? You know, it's, it's really good. It tastes like a uh, fruit punch, but a little bit more like, you know, sweeter. I'll, I'll give it, uh, a 9.5 out of 10. It was 9. really good. 9.5 out really of 10. Good. You heard it here from our co-host. That's the, um. Tropical Punch. It's over to Dad for this. Um, well, you might remember, everybody, we actually did a taste test before. Ooh, that was a nice crack. Ashton's opening up the uh, the blue raspberry, but we'll just, uh, uh, we'll, t- we'll tell you that. Well, let me finish, actually, my uh, my rating on this lemon lime. Um, I think it's wonderful. It's got a, a, a strong, powerful taste uh, right from the beginning. It's got a, a great aftertaste. Uh, the lime really... Um, the taste buds uh, connect with uh, right quite quite well with the lime, and uh, I'm going to give this one Ashton a nine out of ten. 
All right. So that's uh, that's Dad's rating, and we've got two more here to try. Yeah. I got uh, I got the blue raspberry. I actually have three more to try. Okay, I'll make this quick. So, so blue raspberry. Ashton's trying the blue raspberry. Uh, bottoms up here on Champs and Chums with with his uh, plastic glass. He's uh, he's he's looking like he's enjoying. It. He's going back actually for more than a couple sips here. I actually think everybody that this actually is is, is his prime contender, blue raspberry. He's finished the whole darn thing, everybody. Yeah. He's finished the whole darn thing, Ashton. Uh, what do you think about this blue raspberry? It's it's sort of like Kool Aid, but a little bit like I guess bitter or stronger, but. You know, I'll give it a 10 out of 10. It's my favorite. 10 out of 10. It's you my heard favorite it here. flavor. You heard it here in good authority. The last one that we're going to try, Ashton. I need to try lemon lime. Okay, Ashton's going to try the lemon lime. And then I need to try ice pop. So. All right, Ashton's going for the full compliment here. Uh, Dad's going to open up. Let's see if I can get the nice crack going here. There you go, everybody. There's the crack of the ice pop. And uh, I'm going to pour a little bit here. Now, Ashton, I actually think I heard it on good authority from talking to some of the cool cats that ice pop is probably the most popular flavor thoughts uh you know what i don't really like that flavor to be honest okay well dad's gonna try it here cheers to champs cheers to chums cheers to an all-star day wow that that actually ashton this is the ice pop everybody i am going to score that 11 out of 10 Wow. 11 out of 10, not only for the um, satisfying and extended uh, sweet sensation once you have uh, just a slight sip, knowing that it's good for you, but also I'm more impressed with the outside of the bottle. It kind of takes on the um, the red, white, and blue uh, there, of Ashton. Like a, out of like a... Uh, ice and like maybe that's why I connect with it. It's kind of like the colors in our logo, actually, of Champs and Chums. So yep. It's got some red, white, and blue in it. All right, here we go. Okay, this Ashton's going to close off our first. Our, it's actually our second ever taste test because, as you remember. Oh, wait, I, well, give the, I give the lemon lime like 10 out of 10. It's really good. 10 out of 10. Okay, Ashton's going to try the ice pop to close it off, everybody. This is my least favorite flavor, so let's see. Ashton's going to try it. He's uh, taking a swip, a, a swip, a, 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 a swig of it. He's going back for more, everybody. This is play-by-play play here, live on the air of a uh, of a, a nutritional kind of drink challenge, brought to you by your champs and chums. Ashton, you've gone back more than now. What now? Have you changed your mind about ice pop? I haven't. It's a uh, four well, to ten. I Very love it. Mid. Eleven out of ten. There you go, everybody. Speaking of, of trying new things, uh, Ashton's got me into this great uh, uh, set of nutrition drinks, Prime, and uh, and I. Where's it available, Ashton? Well, it's only available at Circle K, so they have like boxes of it, like six packs of it, and um, you know it's it's a really good drink to like fill you up, and um, you can only get it at Circle K. It says only at Circle K. Isn't it amazing though the power of social? Because every time we go into one of the local uh, retailers and I talk to the kids cause, or the kids or the adults, whoever's sort of serving us that day. I mean, and we don't go in there for prime every day, everybody. But the times we do, every time I ask them what's so big, what's so popular about it, the first thing they say, these YouTube stars. So it goes to show you the power of this. But it is actually a great drink, Ashton. So thanks for introducing me to Prime. 
Um, speaking of new things, Ashton, speaking of prime time um, uh, opportunities, uh, here we are at the time of this recording. It's opening day for uh, Major League Baseball. But I, I want to tell you, fans, it's going to be opening day for Ashton and Brampton, Brampton Minor Baseball coming up next month. Ashton, congratulations. Big fist bumps. You are, are going to be one of the competitors and participants at uh, in Brampton Minor Baseball. What are your thoughts on this great, great um, adventure and experience you're going to have? Well, it's going to be amazing, and um, I, can't, I can't wait to start the season, which starts in May, I believe. That's right. Opening day starts the week of May the eighth. Yep. And, and um, what what have you? I mean, you've gone to you've gone at the time of this recording. You've gone to one. You're going to follow it up with some more clinics. I mean, uh, why don't you you, you uh, tell them what you're learning? Uh, well, I've been learning uh, batting, pitching, fielding. You know, it's a great way to improve your skills. I'm going this weekend. I'm going to. One on Saturday and one on Sunday, so I can't wait. Well, I'll tell you, shout out to all the great people at uh, Brampton Minor Baseball, headed up by uh, Coach uh, Frank Fascia, a friend of the show. He's, uh, he's he's actually following us on on social and has been uh, really great at engaging with our content. And so him and his uh, his team do a really fabulous job. Uh, you know, they're, they're an institution in the community here at Brampton. And uh, I think you're going to learn a lot, Ash. And any, any kind of early projections of kind of what you, where you might feel you'd be best suited or slotted to play and that kind of stuff? I'm not sure. But, you know, uh, with a few clinics, a few practices in the backyard, I think I'll be able to, you know, find out which position is best for me practice getting better every day as as the jays say it's going to be great we'll talk about it more on champs and chums on on, on upcoming episodes ashton's debut as a baseball player and community good stuff well listen everybody uh, march is also an extra special month because it shines a spotlight on the importance and the contributions the exceptional the exemplar exemplary that women bring to uh, this great world whether it be sports life and friendship uh, uh, we just celebrated earlier this month uh, and shined a, an important spotlight on international women's day there's uh, countries around the world that uh, celebrate and honor this march as international women's month but again everybody uh, it's not just a one month thing uh, we're all so fortunate your champs and chums here to be uh, surrounded and led by wonderful uh, women in uh, in the community and it's great that uh, we're able to to celebrate this Ashton what does International Women's Month International Women's Day mean mean to you man well you know um, Women's Day means um, to you know celebrate everything that women have fought for like equal rights equal pay and you know they've They've been so, you know, like, let's take an example. Uh, let's just say someone's mom, maybe. They work really, really hard. And, um, you know, moms are probably some of the best people. Uh, moms are probably the best people you can ha uh, the best person you can have in your life. And, you know, um, 
you know, this month really shines on how hardworking and um, generous and, you know, um, the ability to do any anything um, that women, you know, can show that this month and it women's month is women's uh women's empowerment month is not just you know this month it's uh every single day so we need to appreciate everything women do in this world in the country of canada and um a lot many more places around the world well that what uh you wax poetic there man and talking about the great contributions of uh of women and uh you mentioned the word empower we certainly want to do that and continue to do that and we've been uh so fortunate to have some real powerful inspiring women on our show um you know uh you could just dial back and 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 think about all the episodes where we had some some hall of fame guests some women and it continues here ashton Speaking of, of original, speaking of trailblazers uh, as, uh, as a woman, we have an amazing best of guest that's coming up on, um, on four, episode 43 of Champs and Chums. Why don't you share who's coming up on the show? Broadcaster, speaker, and best-selling author, Teresa Cruz. Oh, what an outstanding guest we have here on this uh, this month's episode. Teresa Cruz, uh, you'd remember her for starring 14 years on TSN. Teresa is an original. She's a trailblazer. Uh, she became one of Canada's first female sportscasters. One of the most deep and diverse uh, career resumes you will see, everybody. Um, and that's man or woman. I mean, she's done some amazing things. Uh, she's been an anchor, a reporter, a host, author, producer, speaker, business and community leader, a mentor to so many, uh, women and men. And so she, uh, this, you don't want to miss a great best of segment. That's Teresa Cruz coming up on the show. Good stuff, Ashton. Well, uh, we're going to continue, uh, honoring, uh, the great, um, uh, the great feats, the heroism, wonder women, if you will, Ashton, as we look at our, uh, best of uh, segment and, uh, and now we go to father, son, free for all. And Ashton, you know, I was thinking about this before, all of these women are so legendary that we're going to speak of. This is not going to be our typical gold, silver, bronze, Ashton, all of these women, it's going to be gold rush here in Father Son Free for All because they're all gold medalists for the wonderful things that we've done. So, um, Ashton, why don't you take it away to share your first gold medalist here on Father Son Free for All? My first gold medalist is Manon Rion. Manon Rion, and uh, I mean, she actually made some international headlines. What was her big um, claim to fame? Well, uh, in the preseason for the Tampa Bay Lightning, she signed. Uh, she signed with um, with them for the preseason, and, and she played a period. Yep. In the game, I mean, which was amazing. And I mean, you know, what's great about uh, about her story is that her, um, you know, uh, one, obviously being such a, a tremendous talent, she was the first female goaltender as well, even ahead of that, to play for a boys' team. Yeah, that was the 1984 uh, Quebec International Pee Wee Hockey Tournament, 
she so that goes to show you i mean no limits no boundaries uh she did some amazing amazing things uh, that's Manon Rion, and she actually went on Ashton looks to, to have played in the in the national women's hockey team. Yep, and um, so in the Olympic Games in 1998 in Nagano, um, she won silver, and in the IIHF World Women's Hockey Championships, uh, in 1992 she won gold, and in 1994 she won gold as well. Well, she's done some amazing things. She's uh, taken that great career playing hockey. She's been involved in administration. She also went on to uh, to be a, a broadcaster for the Detroit Red Wings television network. That's uh, Menon Rion, Ashton's first gold medal here on uh, Father-Son Free-For-All. Okay, it's over to Dad for my uh, first gold medalist here on Father-Son Free-For-All. And she is a perfect 10. That's right, everybody. Um international gymnast gymnast she's a legend five-time olympic gold medalist nadia komenich ashton from romania uh in 1976 at the ripe young age of 14 years old nadia komenich the legendary gymnast she was awarded the first perfect 10 at the olympic games what do you think about that ashton well uh, that's amazing and uh someone who's um you know done that is probably you know that's pretty big i mean you and i couldn't do that well i tell you she continued all her her stardom too i mean gold medals at the olympic two gold medals at the olympic games three actually at the olympic games in montreal and then she competed in in moscow won uh, two goals there as well um an incredible champion uh, the first perfect 10 ever in gymnastics. That belongs to Nadia Komenich, another female sports hero. Ashton, over to you for your next gold medalist. Well, my next gold medalist is Ka- Cassie Campo-Pascal. Now, that brings it into community for us very nicely. Great stuff, my man. Um, why don't you tell the fans a bit more about our local hero, our local female sports hero, Cassie Campbell-Pascal. Well, um, I believe she was born in Richmond Hill, Ontario, but she was she was raised in uh, Brampton, and um, her position was a left wing. She shot left. She played for the Calgary Oval Extreme, the Toronto Arrows, and the Mississauga Chiefs. Well, and let's dial it back here. I mean, obviously, such national acclaim, Cassie Campbell being uh, the, the captain of Canada's national team. But just remember, she started, uh, grew up in Brampton. She played for the, the very legendary Brampton uh, Candidates. Yep. So, I mean, she played at the Winter Olympics, everybody. She won a, a gold in uh, 2002 at the Winter Olympics uh, in Salt Lake. 2006, she also won a, another back-to-back gold. What a leader. And it's amazing, Ashton, not only a local uh local woman that's done amazing things on the ice but of course she became a preeminent broadcaster and continues to do work with Sportsnet and uh, I believe also ESPN yeah that's right there you go so that's Ashton's uh, next gold medalist that's Cassie Campbell Paskill um, well it's over to dad and uh, Ashton you know I love the sport of soccer and um, I would say one of the greatest uh, 
Canadian soccer players to have ever played the game and if to, to make international headlines is a female sports hero by the name of Christine St. Clair. Ashton, what do you think about that pick? Yeah, well, she's a great pick. I mean, she is one of the most, you know, influential uh, women's soccer players in Canada. She sure is. I would say even in the world. I mean, yeah, what, what, world, what yeah. she's done internationally uh, for Canada, Ashton, some amazing things. She led Canada to a gold med- medal at the Tokyo Games in 2020, a uh, bronze medal in 2012, another bronze medal as well too. But what she's done at the world championship level has been outstanding. And Ashton, you wanted to add some more things about uh, Christine Sinclair. I remember one day it might have been... one day. Hmm, that might have been in the summer, I believe, that they played. And I remember watching on your TV in your room. Yes, the penalty and when shots. And when they won the gold medal. That's right. What an amazing moment. Uh, and, you know, it uh, It actually, Ash, and I remember it well because uh, it almost brought a tear to my eye to see how hardworking that whole entire team was. And don't forget the captain of that team was Christine St. Clair. So another great female sports hero. Ashton, it's now time for our final showcase of, of gold medalists. And uh, we actually have gone on to the court for these these last two, and there's some real gems. Ashton, take it away. Well, my last uh, gold medal is Serena Williams. The Serena Williams. Yeah. Well, actually, we know another legendary Serena as well, too. She's uh, one of the power girls, one half of the power girls, producer of the show, but this Serena Williams, wow, what an absolute legend she was. Tell the fans a bit more about Serena Williams. Well, um, by the way, just an interesting fact. Some of you might know this. She was ranked number one in the world in singles by the Women's Tennis Association for 319 weeks. I know. It's, 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 it, to me, it's an unprecedented. I don't even think that'll ever be broken, that, that record. 23 Grand Slam singles titles. Uh you know, uh, the most of any player in the open era. And Ashton, I mean, uh, her, her, re- her resume is so decorated. Uh, uh, what else? Well, um, also she, uh, she... 858 wins in singles? Well, my yeah. goodness. She turned pro in uh, 1995 of, of October, and um, she retired um, last year, September. Look at this too, Ashton. Australian Open Championship, like, what is that, eight times. French Open winner, three times. Wimbledon, another eight. U.S. Open, an incredible athlete. Um, And Ashton, did I actually tell you that your gold medalist that you just anointed as a female sports hero, your dad had an opportunity to meet? No, I did not know that. Uh, You did not? Nope. Well, as you might remember, for six proud years, I worked as, uh, with Tennis Canada as director of communications. And when she came to the event, you know, as, as staff, you especially in the media area, you, you had to uh, work with the tour to help uh, set up and coordinate interviews for big players, especially like Serena. You know, the press would definitely would want to speak with her. So I remember her walking into, um, uh, it's kind of a, a media tent, if you will. It is literally a media tent, a, a large one with a working journalist from around the world. And uh, she came into the press room, was lovely to deal with. I had her sign some uh, some ma- magazines as well, too, for some of our uh, corporate supporters at the time. So she's, she's, she's a, 
what you see from her is is one hardworking, one determined uh, woman who's done some legendary things for the sport on and off the court. That's Serena Williams, Ashton's gold medal. And so, Ashton, I'm going to continue um, with with the racket, and I'm going to talk about. I would say Ashton, the most influential female sports hero uh, to date. And that is the great Billie Jean King. Billie Jean King, uh, she's a former world number one tennis player. Uh, She won 39 major titles, 12 in singles, 16 in women's doubles. But the work that she did as a pioneer for gender equality and as a pioneer for equality and social justice, it transcended tennis, Ashton. It went into other areas of society, other sports, I mean, there was the very famous, the year that your dad was born in 1973, she won the Battle of the Sexes tennis match against uh, Bobby Riggs. I mean, that was was televised, but there was a larger message. And um, through the work of of many great people like Billie Jean King, um, the importance of of prize money and equal pay and um, all the right resources for, for the women's tennis tour was because of her great leadership and uh, her inspiration so there you have it everybody that is a wonderful list of gold medalists here on this wonderful month to celebrate international women's day international women's month and ashton we got much more show to come right um so ashton why don't you take us to break this ends our father-son free-for-all segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-son fun talk. You're listening to episode 43 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for a next edition of of our best of segment and what an outstanding guest we have for our fans this month hey ashton i got two questions for you my man are you ready to go lights camera action for episode 43 sure am are you ready to cruise with headline news here on champs and chums of course well our very special guest is a legend of her craft anchor reporter host author speaker producer, business and community leader, and mentor. She is an original, a trailblazer. Her 14 years starring on TSN saw her become one of Canada's first female sportscasters. Our best of guests then move forward to showcase her talents in news and entertainment in Canada and to the world, including the United States and Australia. Our special guest has shared stories to some of the biggest moments in sports and news. You've seen her on network television, TSN, CTV, CBC, CP24, CNN, to headline a few. You have heard her on 680 News and 660 News Radio. You have read her as a national columnist for the popular Metro News and as a contributor to longtime national magazines including Chatelaine. Among the many highlights of her distinguished career, she also became a best-selling author for her book The Incredibility Factor and has penned words for the world-famous Chicken Soup for the Soul book series. 
Expanding on her extraordinary range of career accomplishments, our best of guest is a professionally trained singer, actor, a successful business owner, and represented her community as a federal member of parliament candidate. Our special guest has devoted her time and talents to charity. This includes Abuse Hurts, the Canadian Centre for Abuse Awareness, Think First, Special Olympics Canada, and the Alberta Children's Hospital. She is a trusted mentor to aspiring women and men offering sage advice and industry know-how. Accolades include being honoured with the Canadian Member of Parliament's Medal for Volunteer Service, the Peter Armstrong Award of Excellence, and the Voice of Courage Award. Ladies and gentlemen, we're pleased to be joined by a legend of her craft, broadcaster, speaker, and best-selling author, Teresa Cruz. Teresa, welcome to Champs and Chums. It's wonderful to be with you guys tonight. Oh, it's it's sure great. It's so great to hear your voice, Teresa. As we were talking off the air, it, it's, you know, social media is a great thing to stay connected. And, you know, I was uh, sharing Ashton the story of how we met in the wide world of sports, Teresa. This, this has got to be like 25 plus years ago when I was with the Leafs and uh, you were at TSN. So it's so great to have you on the program here. And thank you so much for giving your time. Well, you know, you've uh, you give me a beautiful trip down memory lane, and I was thinking back over my years, specifically in sports and the other things that I've done. So, um, I'm really excited to share with you and Ashton. Oh, that's amazing, Teresa. Well, let's get going here. As they say in the TV broadcast world, we'll get rolling here on episode 43, our best of segment with Teresa Cruz and. Uh, Teresa, it's Dad over here to the left of the broadcast booth, and um, I'm just wondering if you can take us take us through, uh, uh, share with the fans your early interests and ambitions to get into sports broadcasting, and then, of course, your rise to news and entertainment to then become a professional speaker and a best-selling author. You know, I always loved sports. I was not proficient or good at a lot of them. I was good in baseball. Our team went on to win the ladies' championship. I ran track and field. Um, but, you know, I, I was tall, but not tall enough to be on the basketball team. I wasn't tall enough to be on the volleyball team. Um, and years later, um, when I went back to my school reunion, I was I was I went to a heavy sports school in Calgary in high school and I remember talking to some guys and I, and I said it must have really shocked you that I went into sports because I was always known for music and acting and things like that at school and they said no actually it didn't because every game it was always you sitting in the stands so always loved sports I I, as I mentioned, you know, I was I was into singing at a young age, and then that led to acting, and that's where I figured I was going to go. But mom and dad had other ideas, right, Ashton? They always do, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So they said you can do that, but we need you to have a secondary education to fall back on. So I looked for a while, and then I came up with this television, stage, and radio arts course at in Calgary, where I'm from, at SAIT, the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology. And, and I thought, well, that'll keep mom and dad happy, and then I'll just go off and do what I want. So I ended up falling in love with TV, and I weighed my options when I came out of school, and I went, you know what? I want to give this television thing a shot. And back then, 
sports was getting a real rough ride. Uh, a lot of the radio stations weren't, um, uh, they were cutting back on their sports departments. And I remember our teachers were saying, even to the guys, like women really weren't doing sports back then as broadcasters or writers, commentators. And I remember them saying to the guys, don't even think about a career in sports. It's dead. Uh, if you want to be on the air, you need to go into news. So um, that's where I was going. I, I majored in, in uh, anchoring and also producing. And so I ended up um my very first job was at chrb in high river alberta and i was writing cow commercials there was just no jobs on air but within eight months i had moved up to prince george at a station called ckpg they had two radio stations and a television station under one roof and i was there as a commercial writer but i waited about four months and you know in this world you got to make your own opportunities happen mm -hmm. so i managed to talk the crew into at night, letting me get on the news desk. And I did a quick addition tape and I took it into the station manager. And within a couple of weeks, he was allowing me to do the 11 o'clock news. So that was a big break for me. And I, I was doing that, but I, my, I needed to go back home to Calgary. My An oil rig had fallen on my father. He was still alive, but seriously injured on his leg. And my grandmother wasn't doing well. So I, I reluctantly left. I came back to Calgary. I was volunteering at the local cable station. And they came to me and said, we're going to go across Canada. And we're going to do uh, the Special Olympics. We can't pay you anything. And I said, you know what? If it's Special Olympics... I do not want any money. So they said, would you host it? I said, absolutely. My co-host was a, a, a guy by the name of Arnie Jackson. And he said, hey, have you heard about this new channel that started up, TSN? And I said, yeah. I said, yeah, TSN. You know, it's everybody's talking about it and stuff. And I was reading about it. And they, they said TSN wasn't going to make it. 24-hour sports, seven days a week, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, everybody was sort of waiting for it to fail. But I wasn't. There was a lot of people that were excited about it. So he said, well, he said, I'm a freelancer for them. And this was 1986. And he said, in two years, you know, we've got the Calgary Olympics coming up in 88. He said, I also have a day job. And he said, it's really busy. Have you ever thought about doing sports? And I said, yeah, but I'm a woman. There isn't many women in it. And I said, I don't know. I, I mean, I've always been interested in sports. He said, well, why don't I connect you? So they allowed me to do one story. Another story led to another one. And then within, oh, I want to say eight, nine months, I was offered a contract and I got my very first TSN jacket, that black jacket. That's right. Amazing TSN so logo on it. it was yeah. You still, so you still have it? You still have it, Teresa? You still have oh, it. I do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I still have a lot of my ski jackets that I've got oh, the logo nice. on. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So um, I I made it onto TSN. I reported for uh, in Calgary for four years. Did the Winter Olympics? Calgary Flames won the Stanley Cup in '89. It was so huge to be in sports back then. And then in 1990, I got promoted to Toronto, and I worked an additional ten years. Um, but you don't want to say stay, you know, sit in that rocking chair of life and say I wish I would have. That was so much I wanted to do. So I left. A lot of people thought I was crazy, but I left and I had to rebrand myself. So I went over to 680 News and got back into news. And um, and then I, I worked at a number of stations. Uh, CP24 was exciting. I had three talk shows um, and did some producing and things like that. 
And that's where we are right now. You know, I'm currently running a media strategy company and a video and television production company. So that's my story in a nutshell. And I tell you, it's just been a tremendous ride. Well, much like you did across the airwaves as you continue to do so much color and richness and in, in, in sharing that with our listeners and our fans. And, you know, Teresa, uh, when I when I hear you share that great story, I, you know, there's words that come out to me about passion and purpose and uh, being opportunistic and, and the pursuit. And, and that's why your story is so incredible. Um, but yeah, to follow up on, on this great chat with you here, um, you've had such a long and distinguished career uh, as a broadcaster, as a mentor, best-selling author and uh, speaker, um, and, 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 and on and on. And you had an opportunity to mentor uh, a lot of people coming up uh, the system, those who aspired to be but we wanted to ask you the question, who were some of your greatest uh, career mentors and how did they help you build success as a broadcaster, an author and, and a professional speaker? You know, that's a great question because I think we need those champions in life. We need those mentors to help us. We've got these great goals and aspirations and, you know, we, we it's, it's what we want to do. We have this passion for what we want to do, but sometimes you need that guidance or sometimes you could just use a little lift up. I never had a lot of lucky breaks, but I had some people that believed in me and um, there was a, um, uh, an anchor, a very respected news anchor in Calgary. He did the CFCN evening news which is the ctv channel out there he did it for something like 40 45 years he was a legend his name is daryl jans and he believed in me from the get-go and he just mentored me and guided me i don't think i would be where i uh, where i got to without him uh there were a couple of guys at tsn that helped um i'll never forget michael landsberg he came up to me and and there had been two women that had been on the air previously and and he wanted me to, he wanted uh, he wanted to help me stay and so i remember him saying to me he said it's better if he says if you have a question these are the days before internet that's right so yeah. We, yeah we just couldn't google uh certain stats and facts like <laughs> we i remember just devouring every newspaper i could get my hands on sports illustrated um that you know that we had the fax machine back then and the ticker so just devouring as much as i could but i remember michael landsberg saying he said he said, it's important to know that if you have a question, you ask anybody in this room. And so he's pointing to about the 20 people that it took to put that show together. And he said, you ask us questions. He says, it's better to humble yourself in front of these guys in the room rather than go on national television to make a fool out of yourself. And I never forgot that. And there was times when you know, it was hard to ask them questions, but they never failed me. They didn't. And um, Jim Van Horn, uh, he he was um, he's he's teaching now, and I I just thought that was tremendous because he was teaching a lot of us. Um, he was older than some of us younger ones, and I'll never forget though. He was very very blunt. I'll never forget. He came up to me one night and he goes, "They all called me T. I was never Teresa. I was always that, T. That T. T yeah. Got to tell you something." He said. You gotta stop looking like the deer in the headlights. And I said, the deer in the headlights? He goes, yeah. He said, 
pull a tape, watch yourself. Sure enough, like I, I, I had when I was younger, these big, big eyes. I still got them, but they're not as big as they used to be for some reason. I don't know <laughs> if I opened them a certain way and we were reading off the teleprompter. So, and the certain sense of, of, you know, being excited that you're on the air that night and the nerves and the adrenaline are running. He was right. I had the deer in the headlights look. So I had to look, learn to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to control that. But you know, I, I look back, there's there's just so many. I, I have to name Ron Andrews. Um, he was amazing. Gino Retta, who I was on the air with night after night. He was such a wonderful uh, and is a wonderful man. Um, a bunch of producers like Craig Colby and Jeff Mott, Scott Moore, Rick Brace, Mary Ellen Carlisle. Um, you know, there was I was thinking about everybody that really had an impact on my sports career. And, and I'll tell you, uh, there were so many of them. And I received a lot of help. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, Teresa, I'm going to turn uh, the segment over to my best of chum, our co-host here on Champs and Chums, Ashton, who has some questions for our best of guest. Ashton, take it away. Teresa, you've had outstanding success in your broadcasting career. Can you share with the fans some of your personal career highlights? Absolutely. Um, I mentioned a couple of them. I, my first time getting on and anchoring a newscast, so that was up in Prince George. Um, that first time I signed my contract in TSN, uh, and when my when my jacket came in the mail, um, mm-hmm. I it was just amazing. And you know, I went on. I did three Olympics with TSN. They were incredible. I did uh, Calgary, Lillehammer, and Nagano. Um, I did. What I witnessed, when I think back to what I was there reporting on, uh, you know, the World Series, the Jays, 92-93, Stanley Cups, numerous of those, none for Toronto in my era, but we're hoping that it changed. That's right. Um, this is this is it. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, you know, World Championships, Special Olympics. And I think back to the Battle of Alberta between the Wayne Gretzky-led uh, Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames, and you know, they were they were playing so many times, and I'd be at the Saddle Dome, and we all knew in the press box that we were witnessing something very special. But to this day, I don't think that we realized just how special that era was. So that was pretty phenomenal. And I'm a huge car race fan. So that was a, my dad and I watched football together and we watched NASCAR together. So anytime I'm around an engine, I get goosebumps. Do you like cars, Ashton? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love cars. The noisier and the faster, the better. So the day I got down to the Indianapolis 500 and I was at the Brickyard, it was absolutely amazing. I was a pit reporter for the Michigan 500. I will never forget that as long as I live. And, you know, I had a chance. So after TSN, I had a chance to go over to radio. I loved my time at 680 News, but I helped start a radio station in Calgary, my old hometown. They they said, we're, we're starting 660 News in Calgary. And and I was uh, one of the first voices on the air the day they they flipped the switch. And it was 6 a.m. And I'll never forget that that feeling. So that's just a couple of my broadcast highlights that I really hold near in my heart. Teresa, what, were, what are some of the greatest lessons and words of advice your parents have shared with you? My mom and dad... Um, 
were very supportive. My my mom was an executive secretary at the city of Calgary, and my dad owned his own business. He was an entrepreneur, which probably inspired me to start my company. Um, but my dad was in the oil field, and, and he had a service-based business there. And um, my dad was always working. He was um, a man of few words. But he always believed in me. And any time that there was, you know, uh, some of my singing competitions and all that, he would have worked a, you know, a 14-hour day in the field and he'd be out there at night sitting in the, in the chairs watching me. And my mom was the driving force and she always led me and my sister Leah to believe that we could do anything if we put our minds to it. And so that, that was the advice that they gave me. And I'll tell you, that propelled me on through my whole life. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, you're listening to episode 43 of the Champs and Chums podcast. This is our best of segment. We're here with legendary broadcaster, speaker, and best-selling author, Teresa Cruz. And uh, Teresa, um, you have done some trailblazing things in the world of broadcasting for women, and it's been really kind of nice. And, and you, you, you talked about that earlier in our chat. Uh, you know, when you first started, it seemed like... Um, uh, a, a pretty barren uh, environment for for women uh, in sports and sports broadcasting and and sports administration. But you know, in recent time over the last couple of years, and there continues to be a momentum. I mean, you see uh, the first general manager in Major League Baseball, uh, Kim Ng mm-hmm. from the Miami Marlins, um, Haley Wick Wickenheiser with the Leafs in in a senior uh, uh, leadership role. I mean, you're seeing now. Um, I wouldn't say it's it's pay equity, but you're seeing in, in, in many tours like tennis and golf, there's a real um, a better representation of, of some of the female competitors. Um, so there's this rise of, of women and sports on and off the field, and it's really inspiring. And you've really played a tremendous role in contributing to, to some of that success. Um, I wonder if you can share with our fans uh, your perspectives on this and how we keep building on this great momentum. You know, th- thanks very much for your kind words. I- I'm so proud of the the small role that I played. Um, I did mentor a lot of, of young women um, and had kind words for the young guys that would come through, um, you know, where we worked and, and were, were there to talk to us about, you know, this was the passion that they had and, and how do I pursue it. I am thrilled when I turn on TSN and I see two women sitting on that desk. Did not ever think I would ever, ever see that. Um, It has been a very long and tough journey. Was I happy at how long it's taken? No, not at all. Um, I feel that we have to keep pushing. You know, women love sports and women have been playing sports. forever uh even back in the 1800s you know with their long skirts and the crinolines and all the rest that you know we're very passionate about sports and i believe that women um you know we deserve our place in the world as as being on air people and also in those positions uh within the sporting worlds and the executive positions um do i wish that um it had moved faster and that there were more women in it Absolutely. Uh, Pay equity, that really bugs me. Uh, It should be equal. Um, So I think we've come a long way, but we still have to keep pushing and driving forward so that future generations of women can be seen that they belong in those roles in sports as well. 
Teresa, throughout your um, sports broadcasting career, you've probably met some amazing athletes and sports personalities, and um, the fans would love to know, uh, who are some of your favorite athletes of all time and why? Mm. You know, people have asked me that before, and and it's tough because holy cow, I I interviewed some amazing people, but I you know I was I was always a hockey fiend. As soon as the Atlanta Flames became the Calgary Flames, I was still in school and I was just a rabbit fan. Um, but I I loved I loved the sport of hockey, still do. I mean, the brilliance of Wayne Gretzky is just unreal. I I I really loved Mario Lemieux, um, Gordy Howe. Oh my goodness, just loved him so much. Um, you know. Marc Messier. Now, that may seem like um, a different choice for being one of your most favorite athletes, but let me tell you why. And I wrote about it in Hooked on Hockey, which was in the, in the Chicken Soup for the Soul book. And that's the story that ended up in, Ch- in Chatelaine. And this is why Marc Messier back then was scary on the ice was always scary during his career, but especially scary back then. They called him the moose. You could literally see steam coming out of his ears. <laughs> Ashton, I'll tell you, if you were out on the ice against Marc Messier, you'd be scared. You'd skate the other way. <laughs> right. He never, ever did interviews. He was always getting worked on back in the trainer's room and all the rest. But I remember we had to do, I was doing a special story on Marc Messier. Uh, the Oilers were in town. So we're waiting that night. We didn't have anywhere else to go. So we we outweighed him. And the team bus had even left the Saddle Dome, and Mark still hadn't come out. So I was waiting out in the stick room, which I usually did, and my cameraman was waiting in the locker room. And finally, I heard a shout, he's coming. So I quickly ran in. I always had my eyes down at the carpeting. Don't ask me what was on the wall in any of the locker rooms that I was in, but <laughs> right. I can tell you the color of the carpet. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I come in, and I'm standing beside my cameraman, and I could feel the anger from Marc Messier before he even got there because we had waited him out. He had no choice. He had to do this interview. So this pair of naked feet arrive on the carpeting, and so Brad is my cameraman's getting the camera going. The PR guy is there. He's not happy about this either. He says, can you guys hurry up? Brad's trying to balance the camera. So finally, Brad says, rolling. I quickly lift my eyes up from the carpet up to Mark. But I started to laugh. And I was just in a fit of laughter Mm -hmm. and I couldn't help myself. And Brad, my cameraman, was having a nervous breakdown. Mark looked madder, if it's even possible. And their PR guy is going, what? And I said, Mark, Mark, I'm so sorry. (laughs) As I glanced up from the carpet up to Mark, he was wearing Frosty the Snowman boxer shorts. And I don't know why I thought that was so hilarious, but there was like these large orange carrots and and they it was cute. It was like there were cartoons. I don't know. Maybe the absurdity, maybe because it was almost midnight. I don't know, but I'm laughing. So that started to crack Mark up. So he looks down, he goes, yeah, they're something, aren't they? <laughs> so oh. we sort of broke the ice. I did my interview. And these were in the days I had just started. And a lot of the um, the male reporters, they were all males, uh, in Calgary, they did not like me at all. There was two of them, two newspaper writers that would not talk to me at all. I did not exist. So 
it was tough, but you know what? That's okay. I don't need to talk to other people um, to do my job. So I put on, you know, a tough exterior and I went to the Saddle Dome. We had the flames skated first uh, the next time that they were in town. Oilers were in town again. Uh, the flames skated first and um, we did the interviews. We came back out to the stands and the, we were just all sitting together. And they were all coming out and they're doing their, their low stretches and they're doing all that sort of stuff. And they're, they're starting to trickle on, the Oilers are. Suddenly, Marc Messier comes out on the ice. So we're seeing him and he's stretching and he's looking around and he looks up at the stands. He goes, hey, Teresa, how's it going? Oh, and cool. I tell you, that broke the ice. It broke the ice for my career because suddenly all the male writers, he never said hello to them. And they'd known him a lot longer than me. And it was sort of like Marc Messier, the toughest guy to lace him up at that point, had said hello to the cub reporter that also happened to be a female. And it was just like, it was validation. He had, he had appreciated the interview that we had done, and he was just saying, hey. And so um, years later, he was with the New York Rangers, and I got sent out to New York, and the, the media out in New York were horrible. Oh, they were awful people. And so anyway, they, they were just really rough, and they, they never liked anybody coming in from any other city. And so we waited for Mark, and Mark came back out, and we were right in front of his locker room, okay, so his place where he was sitting. And so he comes out. And all of a sudden, the New York media comes in, and they literally physically pushed us and elbowed us to the very back. My cameraman was winded. I've got my camera, my microphone. I'm trying to get it like these were the days, <laughs> you know, before. Oh, well, I remember, Teresa, so when we were cables. in those scrums yeah, at, uh, oh, at the Gardens brutal. and Air Canada Center yeah, at the time. I know. Yeah. And, and, and I couldn't. I'm trying to get the microphone in. So somebody asked Mark a question, and he starts answering it. And he's looking around the scrum and suddenly he stops and he looks at me and he goes, Hey, Teresa, what are you doing back there? And he stuck his arm out and all of the New York media parted like the Red Sea. It just parted. And he's, he, he's got his finger and he motions me to come forward. So my cameraman and I, we walk forward and he goes, okay, now we can start this. Teresa, did you have a question? And I, I just, I never forgot the generosity of Mark Messier. Ever, ever, ever. So he's one of my favorites. Um, Jack Nicholas, the golfer, the legendary golfer. Oh, my goodness, that man. Um, and two people that I watched when I was Ashton's age, Martina Navratilova and Chris Everett playing tennis. Um, I was able to interview them at the very end of their career. So those are some of my big highlights. And Charles Barkley from the NBA. He oh. was he was a wonderful guy to talk to. That, that's some amazing stories, amazing people that you've you've shared there, and uh, you know that really speaks of of the credibility. And I, I I'd be remiss if I didn't um, uh, take some time to share an incredible book that I have in my hands here, where you know you just talked about having the opportunity to interview some amazing people in the wonderful world of sport, but through your um uh your best-selling book it's available on amazon the incredibility factor you have you've had had the opportunity to have great stories of inspiration from i, I believe it's 30 on, entrepreneurs and uh what was it like to put together a a book teresa well, I started out with that little national newspaper column with Metro, and they, they were rags to riches stories, and I just loved them. Um, so I thought, somebody was saying, oh, these stories should all be together. So I thought it would take me six months. <laughs> yeah, right. It took me two years. Finally got the book rewritten and, and published. And, um, you know, it, 
I went back and interviewed everybody again, and I had everybody from a young fellow that had started a business in his parents' basement and was now pulling in over $100,000 a year, all the way up to the third richest person in Canada, which at the time and probably still is, is Jimmy Pattison. And I asked them all the same questions, first of all, about their life. But at the end of it, I said, if you had a young, inspiring, uh, aspiring entrepreneur sitting across the table from you, what would you tell them? And so I said, give me your top five principles for success. And a lot of it wasn't, it wasn't rocket science, um, but it was, it was very valuable. And so I was really proud of that book. And it's, um, it's, it's resonated with a lot of people that they also can be an entrepreneur and run a business if they want to. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, some, some great words. So make sure you check it out, fans. That's uh, It's available on Amazon. It's the incredibility factor. You can learn more about it at TeresaCruz.com. And I've gotten into an early read of it, and it's fascinating, a real page-turner. Um, uh, uh, Teresa, this has been an amazing best-of segment already. Just a few more questions um, uh, for you. Um, I wanted to ask the question because, you know, you... Um, you know, starred in a time of sports media coverage when, you know, we were just talking about it, right? That, you know, there was the fax machines, it was the broadsheets, it was the dailies. And now there's this incredible transformation, this innovation. I'm not even just going to say sports media coverage, just news media coverage. It's it's so unprecedented in what's going on with social media and, and sorts. Um, I wonder if you can share your perspectives on you, how you think, I'm not even going to just say sports media coverage. How do you think media coverage will take shape now and, and into the future? I think that sports as, as a whole is going to change. And I think our whole experience is going to change. It's tough to say how the media coverage is going to change, but I'd like to weigh in on sports and how we view it. I had a chance to go down to the American film market down in California. There's a project that I'm, I'm pitching. This was a few years ago that I was down there and they were the, the giants of the Hollywood film industry. Wow. They were all up there on the stage and I was like pinching myself, but they were talking about what's coming up and the experience in the theaters. And I don't think it's that far off that we're going to be able to pay a fee, whether it be in a virtual experience or if it's going to be uh, in a theater where it's going to feel like we're like in Hollywood, it's going to be right in, as part of that movie. But I think possibly my gut feeling is that we're moving into an age of we won't necessarily have to drive down to the field all the time. We'll be able to have that experience as if we're right there. Um, the technology is being built. So it's it's just my gut feeling. As far as sports media, they're going to follow along with the flow. Um, and media is a whole other discussion of, of fairness in the media and, and all the rest. But they will, they will flow along with the, with, you know, with how things are reported now and what the new technology will take them and change their game and bring that up a level. Teresa, can you share the importance of being your best in your field and the value of education for young people? Absolutely. You know, I didn't I didn't like school. I was always so impatient, Ashton. It was crazy. I didn't want to be there. I just wanted to get going. So my parents kept, you know, saying, you, you got to go, you got to go. So I, I 
I would really impress upon people that you should. Back then, there was only in television and radio, there was only one school that was offering a degree program, and that was Ryerson in Toronto. And my parents couldn't afford to send me from Calgary. So in Calgary, we had a two-year um, college program. So you know what? If it sort of hampered me in my career a couple times that I didn't have a degree. So sometimes it's better off. You really do have your life ahead of you. I didn't know that. I didn't want to listen to it. But I wish these are two things I wish I would have done. I wish I would have gone for that degree somehow, made it work. And the other thing I wish I would have done was I really do wish that I would have taken a year off in between high school and university and traveled for a year. There's a lot of people that do that, and I didn't. I was just push, 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 and you get tired. And so I, those are two things, Ashton, that I really wish I would have done. So, yeah, getting your education is really important. It may not pay off for you right at the very beginning, and you maybe feel that you're behind some of the people that you knew in school because maybe they went into the trades or whatever, and that's good too because not everybody can have degrees and not everybody can be doctors and lawyers and engineers or a television person with a four-year degree. Not all of us can do that. But, uh, you know, it just just get education. Do it the best that you can because it's going to pay off for you in spades down the road. Great stuff. Uh, uh, Teresa, we, we've, we've talked about it in, in, in the introduction. I mean, such an illustrious uh, resume of car- uh, your career, and it, it just keeps growing. I mean, anchor, reporter, host, author, speaker, producer, business and community leader, mentor, uh, and it keeps going. Um, so a question, what does the future look like for uh, Teresa Cruz? You know, I sat down with my husband and thought about that about two years ago during COVID. Um, and so here's the future. Um, I'm loving my media strategy company. I've got a video and television production company as well. Really loving it. Um, I've got a TV series project that's with a network right now. I'm, I'm, it's been a long haul in the pitching, but we'll see how we do. And I'm finally ready to write my story about my early years in broadcasting, specifically my time coming through sports. I want to be able to tell some stories of that of what I witnessed that a lot of people don't even know. There's stories that I haven't even told anyone, and I want to share them. I'm getting ready to write my story, and and hopefully, you know, um, I, I always hate. I want to inspire somebody, but I, if somebody can read in my book and get something from it that they may be able to take into their life, and then maybe they can go, yeah, I can do this too. Um, then I'll know that I'll have done everything right and that, that, I don't know, and then it'll be on to the next project. How does that sound? Oh, well, that <laughs> sounds amazing. And thank you so much for sharing your, your ambition and your pursuits of, uh, of having your own uh, a book, uh, autobiography with helpful uh, insights, perspectives, and, and tips. That, that's amazing to hear that. And you, you, you know that your champs and chums here will we'll be in line uh, <laughs> to, to make sure we repurchase that first copy when, when that comes out, Teresa. That is so amazing to hear. Um, so, so great stuff. Um, well, well, now actually uh, it's time for the final question. On this outstanding best of segment, I'm going to turn it over to my chum, Ashton. Teresa, what advice do you have for young kids looking to become a star broadcaster, speaker, and best-selling author just like you? (laughs) You know what? 
Ashton, it's all about being passionate about what you do. If you don't like what you do, it, it's it's just not a fun life. So pick something that you just love and go for it. You've got to keep pushing. You got to keep knocking on those doors and you can never, ever give up because that breakthrough could be right around the corner. You know, life can be tough. Careers can be tough. But you know what? Just go for it. What have you got to lose? And you could end up having the most awesome adventure ever just because you never gave up on yourself. Oh, what an outstanding way to end this best of segment. That's uh, Teresa Cruz, episode 43 of Champs and Chums. Uh, Teresa, on behalf of Ashton and I, we want to thank you so much for taking time out uh, to join us here on the show. It, it's so great to connect again. Uh, that signature voice, that signature smile. Um, it, it's never left, Teresa, for, from you, I must say. And, uh, you know, it's just so great to connect again. You are always so amazing to work with. Um, you know, and uh, we, we had some challenging moments in some of those scrums as well, too. And you kind of gave <laughs> some insights uh, on how that all works in the wide world of sports. But to see you transition so nicely, to make the impact that you do as a mentor and a leader. And, uh, you know, I was struck in, in, in the book, The Incredibility Factor. So fans, make sure you check it out. It's on Amazon. Um, you had a quote from Ted Rogers, and he told you, never, ever give up because the best is yet to come. And I really believe, we all believe, that the more best of is set for you, Teresa. And um, just before we, we, we sign off, I want to make sure my chum, Ashton, uh, he's got some uh, words of, of thank you to you. Well, uh, Teresa, thank you for coming on the show. It's been an honor having you on. And uh, my dad's told me stories about how you both uh, met in sports. And, um, you know, with your achievements and your book, I feel like you've inspired um, men, women, young children around the world to say, you know, I can do this. Anything is possible. So, Teresa, thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. And I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again. This has been so much fun. Awesome. Great stuff, Teresa. Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 43. This ends our father-son best of segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy March, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's springtime. It's Anthony and Ashton behind the mic. It's episode 43. So glad that you're with us here on Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it's now time for our All Pro Go segment. That's right, everybody. Our All Pro Go segment is a Did You Know Sports Spotlight. And that's where Ashton has an opportunity to shine a spotlight on a sport. Or actually, in this case, Ashton, it's kind of a sport a sporting activity that's part of sport. Um, Ashton, what are we going to talk about here on All Pro Goal for episode 43? Well, we're going to talk about uh, something that I will do when I start my baseball season, batting practice. How important it is to put in the work. Ashton's going to shine a spotlight on how batting practice is actually structured. A lot of fun. Take it away, son. Batting practice for a kid's team, when structured correctly, is run as a drill. This is a multiple activity routine in which each player on the field is 
is active and developing skills at all times. In addition to the player batting live on the field, four other players are swinging the bat. Other players are working on base running, fielding, and making throws and pitching. Catchers get to work on this at the at the skill station. The most important aspect of on of on the field of the on field batting aspect is that when the batter is given a high percentage of good pitches to hit by the batting by the batting practice pitcher. Well, well and I, let me just uh, 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 chime in here because you've actually seen that. Yeah. We've gone and fans. I we always tell you when you go to a Blue Jay game. Don't come in at 7 o'clock or 7.30. Come in when the gates open because you're going to see batting practice more often than not. And you're going to see exactly and you're going to experience exactly what Ashton's saying. Those those batting pa- practice pitchers, they're not, um, they're not throwing the ball like at 90 miles an hour. They're giving an opportunity for the, the batter to limber up to kind of work on their swing. Yeah, that's true. Good stuff. Well, keep going, son. If we are unable to provide a high percentage of strikes using a tee for the live batter is an acceptable solution. Using a tee is, a reasonal, is reasonable when, lo, when we look at the live batter in the context of being just one of 12 players in the drill. Also recognize that the defensive players and base runners count on the batter getting strikes Mm, that doesn't make sense. Right, keep going. And base runners count on the batter to get strikes um, and putting the ball in play in order for them to get uh, their work in. When this drill is run, batting practice, efficiently, we can get it done in 20 to 25 minutes. However, it won't run well the first time or two or three. It will take time for the coaches, players, and parent helpers to get a feel for the flow. Well, that's great, Ashton. So Ashton's talking about batting practice and the way that you're delivering this um, this all pro go, Ashton, you're speaking about it, which actually puts it into context for maybe how you will put it together or how your coach will put it together come in a few weeks' time when you actually have opening day. Um, uh, I guess a few things here, Ashton. Um, batting practice, why is it so important? Well, you know, you know, practice makes perfect, but... You know what I you know um what I believe perfect practice makes practice or uh, makes perfect. You're right because I actually hear so many athletes talk whether they're amateur or pro they work harder in practice than they do a game because that's where you kind of get a chance to perfect things, right? Where you can take chances, uh work your hardest. So I'm glad to hear you say that. That's what I... the Brampton baseball says. Um perfect practice makes perfect. That's true. And they also, I believe, said that uh, winning is a habit and success is a choice. Yep. So that that's adorns the walls right when you go into the Brampton Baseball Academy, everybody. So some wonderful things going on there. But Ashton, um, yeah, I mean, uh, but batting practice, and you've experienced many of them at the pro level, mm-hmm. not obviously being on the field. Yeah. But... Uh, Man, it's something to see. Describe for the fans what batting practice is like when we go down to the good old Rogers Center. Well, you know, it's amazing to see. And, um, uh, you mean, well, I mean, like, you get to see, um, players give it their all. I mean, 
in, as you said, practice is a way to improve, and you'll see, and you said you'll see, you know, players, you know, pushing, I guess, playing harder and uh, working harder in uh, practice. And Well, batting practice for, I guess, before a game is a little bit different, right? Because I would almost say it's a bit of a warm-up. Yeah. Where they limber up a bit, you kind of you kind of liken it to hockey, where you see the pregame skate, or sorry, not the pregame skate, the pregame warm up. Sorry, right when they go out and you know they get the gel going and stuff like that. But I guess yeah, you're right. It's it's just to kind of limber up. You see that with the, what they call shoot around, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that we see up close at the Raptors nine oh five, and yeah, everybody. So that is batting practice. That is our all pro go, and you're listening to episode forty three of the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-son fun talk. You're listening to episode 43 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for our signature segment. That's right, everybody. It's our Champs and Chums segment where we salute our stars on and off the field. So that's an opportunity every episode for Ashton and I to share a champ and chum, or in this case, and we've done it a few times on the show, Ashton, champs and chums. Yep. And Ashton, you know, this uh, wonderful theme uh, this month on the show, and, 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 and it's not just this month, everybody, it's every day, is to celebrate the exceptional accomplishments of women, women that we've had on the show uh, and that's kind of where it all centers, Ashton, because uh, we just were joined on our best of segment by an original, a trailblazer, a legendary broadcaster, speaker, best-selling author, Teresa Cruz. And then we started to think, everybody, of our champs and chums in the Canadian sports media landscape, some amazing Canadian women broadcasters that we have on our show. So we are going to dedicate our champs and chums this month in a in a um, all-star sweep of Canadian women broadcasters that we've had on the show. Um, so Ashton, why don't you start off with your first champ and chum on episode 43? Well, my first champ and chum is Ailish uh, Forfar. What an amazing guest we had, Ailish uh, Forfar. Uh, and, and, and Ashton, for those of you that haven't had an opportunity, you got to listen to that segment because that... That uh, young female broadcaster is going big, big places, Ashton. Why don't you tell them a little bit about Ailish? Well, you know, she's been doing amazing things. I mean, she's a great broadcaster on the fan. On the morning show, the Fan 590, Ailish Forfar, you can hear her. And uh, yeah, I mean, she's doing some amazing things uh, as well with Justin Cuthbert. Yeah, on social media, and um, she's the Leafs, um, I guess you could say. Um, well, I don't think you guess you can say. She is She is the in-arena host. Yeah, in-arena host. She's the in-arena host is the, is the special title for a very special person, and we were so blessed to have her on the show. So make sure you check out that episode with uh, the Fan 590's uh, Ailish Forfar, um, she's amazing on social media and I actually want to t- uh, take an opportunity as well to, to salute an addition to her family, Ashton, because she actually got a new dog and it is the cutest dog I've ever seen. Shout out to our friend of the show, Ailish Forfar and her new addition, Bunker. 
I saw I saw that on her TikTok. Well, what, she got. Well, what do you think of Bunker? Uh, he's really cute. Um, what what breed is he? I'm not sure actually, but uh, if you can, show me, I might know. We can definitely find that out. But shout out to our, our first champ and chum here in episode forty three, the one and only Alish Forfar. Okay, over to Dad. Uh, for my champ and chum, this is a clean sweep of Canadian women broadcasters, and I'm going to go to another legend, and that is the great Lisa Bowes. Ashton, we had Lisa Bowes on uh, episode 25, episode 26, sorry, of, uh, of the Champs and Chums podcast. That would have been, I believe, it was October of 2021, and she was an amazing guest. I mean, her... Her level of career accomplishments in broadcasting. I mean, CBC. She was a she broadcasted a, a women's uh, women's hockey. Uh, she was a host on TSN. She was a reporter on the Score and and a host on, on that. She had a great doc a documentary and feature show that I had the pleasure of working with her on called Sports Access. Um, Lisa Bowes, what an amazing uh, uh, woman she is, and, and of course Ashton. She has been the pen and the inspiration uh, behind the Lucy Try Sports series. Why don't you tell them a little bit about that, the fans? Yeah, um, she's created a great series. Um, it's Lucy Tries, and there's many sports that basketball Lucy, that Lucy's gonna try. Soccer. Uh, yeah, Lucy tries uh, basketball, soccer, hockey, luge. I think as well. Uh, I've never heard of that sport. Okay, well, yeah, I think she did. And, and, I, so, and I think Lucy Tries Baseball is officially out now, I believe. Coming up soon, Ashton. Yeah, coming it's coming up, soon. up to the plate soon. We're going to make sure, check that out on social, everybody. And so, shout out to a friend of the show, a great champ and chum, uh, the, the legendary uh, broadcaster and now best-selling author, uh, Lisa Bowes, um, great stuff that she does. Ashton, over to you for your next champ and chum here on episode 43. Well, uh, my next champ and chum is Anastasia Bucius. Wow, what an amazing, amazing person, athlete, and now broadcaster. Anastasia Bucius, you can see her on CBC Sports, everybody. Ashton, that's going back now, I believe it was March of 2021. That would have been uh, so, two years ago. Yeah, a couple years ago, and she's an amazing, another great friend of the show. Um, yeah, I mean, why don't you tell her about what, where she started as well, too, is speed skating. Yeah, I mean, she's a great speed skater. I mean... She competed in a lot of world championships. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's really fast. I don't I don't think I could do that because, you know, speed, speed skating is pretty hard. It looks really, really hard on um well on she TV. did it she did it at the amateur level she competed in multiple world championships but you know she was able to skate her talents and transition so nicely to being in the broadcast booth i mean what impresses you the most about how anastasia's anastasia presents herself on broadcast yeah well um everything she says um on air is really really natural it comes from the uh heart the mind and, um, I mean, she, she's a, a great broadcaster when she's on the air. She prepares Ashton, right? And she makes it so entertaining for her viewers. And, of course, um, she has her great uh, 
podcasts as well too, right? Where she has an opportunity to, uh, to speak to many athletes at the, the amateur and professional level. So that continues. So she's a multi-platform star. So she's, she's bound for big things. She's doing amazing stuff on CBC sports, proud to call her a champion chum. That's Anastasia Busis. And Ashton, we're going to close this segment um, with someone who came up earlier on the show. And she's an absolute original. She's a trailblazer, and that is Teresa Cruz. Um, her her resume is so deep and illustrious, Ashton. I mean, uh, what was your what was your experiences having a chat with her? I mean, I know I had a chance to tell you a bit more about how I met Teresa in the w- wide world of sports, but what's your impressions? Well, I mean, it was a great interview um, on how, like, you know, she talked about her early ambitions to get into the world of broadcasting and some people told her not to but she said no i'm gonna do it that's right ashton i'm so glad you picked up on that but of course stuff starring 14 years she was one of the canada's first female sportscasters has gone on to do many things um just like lisa actually ashton has become a best-selling author for uh, her book the incredibility factor uh she's a speaker um, producer, reporter, anchor. And, and then she talked about, she's obviously a business and community leader. She's got her own media strategy company now. Um, she does a lot of television work and a lot of coaching there. So there you have it, everybody. There are four amazing female sports broadcasters who are doing outstanding things in the world. Um, they are best of champs and chumps. Good stuff, everybody. Well, we got a little bit more show to come. You're listening to episode 43 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it's now time to put a wonderful bow on an amazing show, episode 43. Um, And as I always do, Ashton all 43 episodes i'm now going to ask you what did you learn today well i learned more about how uh, teresa got into broadcasting she gave us some really rich stories there ashton and you know what not beyond rich they were rewarding because i think it's another demonstration we talk about a lot of champs and chums it's pursuit it's passion it's ambition it's hard work and you mix all those things with, with talent and a lot of respect some amazing things happened so it was great to connect with Teresa again and she was it was great to have her on the show what else did you learn well I learned that um you know uh there wasn't many you know female broadcasters back then but you know some people told her not to do it but she never gave up she said I'm gonna do this well that's another great thing that you learned and I hope that's a great lesson to everybody right I mean it doesn't matter where you've come from. It's all about where you want to go. And uh, this should be uh, an opportunity for everybody. If it's deep and it's burning inside of you, and you can make the, pot, the impossible possible. I, I so believe in that. And we've had many a long line of best of guests that have talked about this. Ashton, you've talked about this. And I'm so glad that you mentioned it here on what else to, on what, you, what else you learned today. So, um... What about, what about learning about Prime? I want to change it on you. I actually learned that uh, Blue Raspberry was your favorite, uh, was your favorite uh, drink. Yeah, it's really good. I, I just, you know, like the color blue, like the taste of it, and, um, you know, it all matches up. Well, it was a real Prime Time episode 43. We want to uh, 
thank so many people who've uh, helped us out. Uh, who do we want to start it off with, Ashton? We want to thank the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped produce the show. The Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped press produce the show from the very beginning. When we press play on episode one, thank you for all your love and support. We want to thank our best of guest, Teresa Cruz, for joining us on Champs and Chums. What a legendary career. She keeps doing impactful and empowering things. So we want to thank for Teresa for being on the show. And Ashton, if people and listeners, our fans, uh, current and new, want to want to check out the podcast, where can they subscribe? They su- can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Podbean, and CastBox. All those wonderful platforms and many, many more where Champs and Chums powers the airwaves. And of course, everybody, you can check us out on social. Give us a follow. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can check us out on YouTube, even TikTok. At Champs and Chums, our website, champsandchums.com. Ashton, this is going to be a magnificent a marvelous March fist bump, my man. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. And as we always say, Ashton, cheers, cheers to champs, cheers to chums, and cheers to an all-star day. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.